Welcome to the Lives of Courage podcast with me, Jessica Stong. Each week, we'll look at ways to choose courage every day, as I know even the smallest acts of courage matter. Through inspiration and action, we can grow into who we are truly meant to be. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Are you ready? Again, you know I come on and say every topic is my favorite, but we're here to talk about courageous conversations, what they look like, what they can mean to you, really all the things that come up for us, all the thoughts and emotions we might have about what action we should take. We're having conversations, um, and I really want to get into this and just really help you understand that you get so many choices in life and, and, and really empowering you to make choices um, about showing up in courage and about having those crucial conversations, those confident communications that are necessary. I tried to think of so many titles for this. And there were like compassionate communication, like I love that too, confident conversations. I remember taking um, a crucial conversations course, then I got trained in that. Um, But it was so long ago. I'm like, so much of that information is infused in this, but I can't remember What is that? What's cognitive behavioral psychology? What's from the world of therapy? So I'm just throwing it all in and and I can figure it out for you. Also, um, I'm really just so, I want you to know that you can, if you so choose, do the work on your brain to be like, I'm someone who can say what needs to be said, or I'm also someone who knows that having a conversation with someone will not change the other person. We know that the only person we are responsible for is us. I I forget that I'm recording this for both a video and a podcast. So I I act it out and I need to describe it to, to those who might be listening to this as a podcast. But really, We are the only ones. So when we're having these conversations, and we'll get into this, we we are taking responsibility for us. So I really want to go through the three elements of courageous conversations and a little bit about what it means to miscommunicate, how we create the space for true communication, and how to have the confidence to speak your truth. Um, just last night, I feel like I live all of these out right before I get on for the video. And we were sitting down with Henry, her 11-year-old, and, and needing to teach him and model for him how to have real conversations and listen and not be, you know, quick to to act in defensiveness and to hear someone. Uh, Henry's go-to is, you're my mom, not my therapist or my coach. Um, so he he doesn't want to use the skills. He's not ready to use the skills. He's like, I'm a kid. Let me argue with 
everything you say. And we see adults who do that today. So I really, I think that right now in our world, in our society, we have are having to have a lot of crucial conversations or critical conversations, right? Conversations like I'm not comfortable um, coming to your house because I, my family's practicing social distancing and we're just not there yet. Or my child won't be participating in that birthday party. And it's not because we don't love the child, but it's because we've made decisions that I think you know, you should wear a mask when you're around. All these conversations that were required right now, conversations about race. You guys know um, that I did the most incredible work. It's when I moved to New, New Jersey to teach. Um, and I, I enrolled in this conversations on race and it happened at our local library in Montclair, New Jersey. And we really had these deep conversations and I was blown away, right? I'm this white girl from Kansas. And I was like, we can talk about this. Also, I'm really uncomfortable and this feels so overwhelming and um, teaching at um, the university. It was like, I was, the white face and like reconciling that coming from Kansas and not making it mean what I wanted it to mean that I was awesome and I was so diverse right and so I really think about how we have conversations about how we're feeling what we're thinking in in truth and acceptance and belief in the other person and belief in ourselves and what that does to our world and what that does to our understanding. And it's so powerful. Anyway, I didn't even plan to talk about that, but look at us go. Okay, so um, I think that there are so many ways right now that things get lost in translation. Whether that's like we're in our own heads, we misread what someone says, we misread text, emails. There's so much that can get confused or damaged or 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 like un misunderstood. I've been reading um, between the lines, like all, in so many things, right? And I feel like this is really like the lions and tigers and bears, oh my, of our generation. That that our brain is is looking for danger, and we are seeing miscommunication, like a lack of understanding about communication as that is like our, our fear right now, our fear, our, um, well, there's so many fears in a pandemic, right folks? But like, this is one that we're confused and our primitive brain wants to send out alert signs, danger, danger. This person's mad at us. They said something that we didn't understand that made us confused. Um, and I love, I always say this, I have so much to say about communication get it. Um, anyway, okay, let's keep going because I think that um, we have three elements that, that need to be in place for courageous conversations to occur. And first, we need to be super clear about our own thoughts and emotions going into the conversation, right? So you are going to understand 
what you might be projecting onto the other person, like the manual you have for the other person and how you're expecting them to react or not re to react. You're, you're going to like be very clear about what you're thinking about this person, what you expect from them, what you're making their behaviors mean. Are you assigning them responsibility that really should be your own? We know the only thing that, that we're responsible for for is our thoughts and our feelings. No one else can make us think or feel a certain way, even though it feels like that. I feel like sometimes my husband does cause me to need to be angry, right? It's not true. They can do their own thing and it's my thinking about what they're doing, right? Like I can interpret it a variety of different ways. So I want you to think about like how all of these thoughts, all of these feelings, what you're making this conversation mean in your brain. And so you get to pre the conversation, clean up your opinions, clean up your thinking, clean up your emotions about what this person, about this situation, about this conversation, and we know that feedback is really better when we give it in a way when we are taking responsibility for our part, for, the, for our part in the result, when we offer solutions, that, that, that it's ours and that we're owning that. Um, I had a, a situation back when I was doing coaching, consulting um, for firms. Um, and, and this was someone that I had been working with and one of the things that they had, um, done for me. So like I was having them coach uh, at, for me. So like they were a coach, someone who worked for me, right. With me. I don't, they, I was employing them to help me with this big contract. Right. And so um, they didn't it didn't turn out the way that they said they would it would do or you know, like they didn't perform. And and, uh, you know, I wanted to be upset. Like I wanted to be like, come on, you're just being lazy. I wanted to assign um, assign characteristics to this person. I wanted to be really upset about it. Like, they really let me down. I didn't try. And so I waited, like I did all the things. Like I, I, I really reflected on my thoughts and emotions and knew that it was my reaction. It was my choice. And I talked to this person and I didn't want to talk to them from a place of upset and anger or like disappoint. I, I mean, I could talk to them from a place of disappointment, but like when you, we're in a like blame, how are people going to react? And that's on them. But I wanted to be clean in the way that I, I, I communicated, but I wanted to be courageous as well. I didn't want to be over the top. I didn't want to say things that weren't helpful. So I sat with it. I did the work and, and I really looked and, and around and, looked at what solution did I want? How many times do we not ask ourselves that question? We just power through and say like, you're doing this wrong. 
what is the result like that I want to focus on? Like, what is it? What solution, what result? And so when I said to this person, like, you're awesome, you're great, you're great at what you do, but some there's a disconnect here. Help me understand. Here's my suggestions, but help me understand. And and the person was like, whoa, I actually appreciate you being able to say this to me because a lot of people just avoid it. Also, I was in England, right? So, you know, speak directly. So it's like, hey, what's going on? Um, and it was fascinating to see, like, that was the, one of the times that I felt so empowered to say, like, this isn't what I expected. This isn't, here's, here's the result I, I needed. And so it helped me, like each time something comes up that you, that you need to have these courageous conversations, it just allows you to get clear each time about like, oh, that's what I need. Oh, that's what I don't need. And this is how I front load my agreements. This is how I front load contracts. Um, but knowing ahead of time what was going on in me, my thoughts and emotions with, without just barnstorm barnstorming is that a word that might have made up no I think it's a word like driving in there and being like this is wrong you let me down and think of like how we would that feels to us and what we need out of that um so I I think a lot about this if we have um if we have like really when we start to take uh, responsibility for our own emotions, our own thoughts, as like as they 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 like are hitting us. I think that changes how we can interact with others. It's like, oh my gosh, like I've got this. I can handle this. So I really want you to understand that you get a choice. And I think that is really, really, and that's the second step uh, element that you need is to like, as you're having the conversation and doing the things, you're, you're processing and you're taking responsibility and you're very clear and you're very um, courageous and confident to sit with those feelings of discomfort and those feelings of, of like, oh, I've never done this before. And I'm, and also here's the third element that needs to be. So you're the first step, you know, like when you're clear about your thoughts and emotions, you're also, and, and, and your willingness to, to deal with your feelings in the moment. You're also, that's a belief in yourself a belief in your ability to have control over those thoughts and emotions. And finally, that third element is really to believe in the other person's ability to, to be who they are, to take responsibility. It's belief in them so that you don't have to force your idea or expectation on them you're like, here's what I want to offer you. Here's what I think. It's what I would suggest. It's the result I need. 
not going to drive that. You're not going to say like, and this will happen. You're going to believe in that other person and, and, and be willing to like, to be with that. So many times I think that we doubt others. And I know what you're going to say. Like, I have to doubt my people who work for me, or I have to doubt that my husband's going to do it. But what if you can communicate and like they can do it, they can't do it, but that doesn't change who you are. You're going to still get the results you want. You're going to still get the results you need. Just might have to find someone else to do it. I think that comes up with like relationships, with marriages. I'll say, I need you to do this, this, this. This is my courageous conversation. You need to do this for me. And then what happens when my husband doesn't do it for me? I have to understand that like I get to choose. Is this an expectation? Is this a suggestion? Is this a boundary that I've set that I'm now communicating? And so really sitting with what we are expecting of others. I often see um, clients whose husbands will be like, okay, I'm going to change. It's time. But yet they don't have the skills or they don't want to find the skills to really change the way they're processing experiences in their family, experiences in their life. And so aren't following through. How do you want to think? I often offer and they often like recognize like just don't have the skills. They don't have the tools. We we give ourselves grace. Like we're just figuring this out. We're going to figure this out. We know that our primitive brain stops us. We know that we need to use our prefrontal cortex. And what if they don't know how to harness that prefrontal cortex. I know that happens in my life with my dear husband that you guys, I love, I love him, but I'm able to communicate with him because I believe in him, but I believe in him, not the, his ability to perform for me. And so each area, like we're going to have our career conversations look differently. But when we impose our manual for how others should behave on other people, that's when the conversation isn't courageous. It's just do this, do it my way or no way. So I want you to think about if that's, that's happening, what that looks like, um, and really like you need to be willing to take action and do it. And so when you have clear thoughts and emotions, you're going to be able to take action and be able to have those conversations in integrity and in just, just uh, from a regulated standpoint, from a healthy standpoint. Okay, I feel like we also need to talk about, also because I said we would, what it means to miscommunicate, right? And really, I want to first take personal conversations, and then we'll move towards work 
based conversations if we have time. And I want to talk about communication in like relationships, but for now we're going to keep it quite basic. So I promise I'll get a full podcast on the other one. So I want, please just go with me here. When we think about personal relationships, that's, there's so much there. It's when we're sitting down, conveying how we feel about something, making sure the person understands that what, that's what we, we do. We've seen it. We, we've read about it. We, we say, okay, repeat back to me. Like, um, I sit down with Mr. Dear Darling Christopher, and I'll say, uh, I want to share something with you about how I'm feeling right now. And I share, like, the, the backyard is a, this is a real, the backyard is a disaster. I said you would take care of it. Um, and, and he's like, what? 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 I didn't say I would take care of it or why? What? You know, and, and he'll be like, so you're saying I can't do anything or I'm not doing it right or I'm not taking care of the house. So I really want you to, to like see that sometimes what we're saying doesn't isn't heard because we're 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 communicating and the other person is miss like not hearing us. They're imposing their own thoughts and emotions on what we're saying. And so we are practicing getting really good sitting with uncomfortable feelings and hearing it and being able to say things without a place of blame or judgment or anger when we're clean, able to say things clean. And then we can like have conversations without getting annoyed or angry or upset. We're like, no, that's not what I said. And so we often will be like, go back and forth on this. What did you hear me say? I do this with kids, with my kids. I, I teach this to um, families. Like this was part of my work um, far before I had children on how to like communicate. Say, what did you hear? What did the person think they were saying? And where's the disconnect? Last night, Henry's like, oh, I'm not repeating back what he's, I thought he heard he's we say, that's ridiculous. We're not in a therapy session, mom. So it's funny. But, uh, but, but I really want um, you to recognize that when you are holding expectations for how the other person should act, when we have conversations with them as well, like should they be remorseful? What emotions do you think they should have? And what if their emotions do not match your idea of what you think, your idea of how you think this conversation should go? So we want you to really watch and pay attention to that and that experience of like, this is what I think should happen. And it's not happening. Do they even care about me? They're not reacting in the way I thought they would, the way that I think they should. So really understanding and having real conversations about that. Um, and, you know, I joke, but on Mother's Day, I had a lot of um, clients that were like, I never have a good Mother's Day. I never get what I want. Like, well, did you communicate what you wanted? 
No, they should know. They should know what I want. If I'm that important. But what if we can communicate in a way that empowers the other person and also has our own back? What if we could like love our partner and not expect them to read our minds? And we could like say, this is what I'd like. And if they don't follow through, if they don't behave in the way we expect, we're like, I love you anyway. Don't worry, I got myself a gift. Like, what would that change? What experience would you create and how would that help your relationship when you can communicate and then be okay with the result? You don't have to hold these expectations that what you say will happen, that what you say is someone else's reality or their truth. I want you to really think about that. And like within work conversations, oh, like what, what we, uh, we, we assume we're like, we, now since we're working from home, we get emails and we don't ask for clarification or you tell someone something and you don't follow up with a written email to say like, this is what we talked about. This is what needs to happen. And then we're annoyed. The person that we were talking to didn't follow through or they didn't understand. And we didn't say, okay, what? did you hear me? Like, you don't ask for someone to summarize. What do you, what do you, what are you going to do? Don't send follow-ups. And, and oftentimes it results from like trying, not going into it with clean thoughts and emotions and trying to control what the other person thinks of us, their opinions of us. So we don't want to be like, oh, I'm going to ask them to summarize. It might seem overwhelming, overbearing, a micromanager you'll get what you want. You ask them, what did you hear me say? What are the steps? Like, let's be clear. When someone like comes to you and they're like, what, what did you tell me to do? Or you said this, it's not what I meant to say. Like, I want you to think about all the way, like laying the foundation how to always handle your thoughts and emotions that come up in conversations and understanding like always talking i think in therapy and coaching we're taught to summarize what someone says to us so i hear you saying um i always joke chris must have heard this somewhere and he was he would always say i hear you and and, and i hear you and the first, I'm like, he does hear me the first couple of times. And then I'm like, wait, you've said this before. And what did you hear me say? And he was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, you're a genius. You just bottom line that. So really, I, I hear you feel so good when someone says, I hear you. God, someone really understands me. And so really sitting with that and, and not just saying, I hear you, but summarizing what they said to avoid any errors, any, any like, like miscommunication errors. And, and sometimes what we hear and what someone else means is, is not in congruence. So we need to be clear. Like, what is it? 
where's the, the, the disconnect? Verify with them. Like, what is it that to make an assumption is to make an ass out of you and me? I just cussed. So now I have to hit explicit on this, but you understand, like, this is, we're assuming. And so when we get an email that seems short, does this person always send these emails or do you need to ask for clarification? Or do you need to not let their short text, short email mean anything? Maybe it doesn't, doesn't have to mean anything to you. Their behavior is their behavior. You might be having a hard day. Might not be any reflection on you. And so how do we manage ourselves in this process? I think courageous conversations are really about self-management. About knowing our thoughts, our emotions, influence the action and results we get. Um, so I guess I just summarized it, right? Look at me, there I go. Um, and okay, I also need to talk about something. When we need to be honest with someone, when we need to speak our truth to someone, I want you to really think about why you're doing that. Is that coming from a place of like longing to be heard and to be seen and needing this other person to be present to that? Because you are in an intimate relationship. Or is this need for honesty a, a manipulation tactic? Is it a control response, controlled behavioral response. So I really want us to get clear when we're honest with people, is it because we're clear about our thoughts and emotions and what we need and what actions we'll take? Or is it from this like, ah, you are responsible for how I feel when no one else is. So oftentimes we're like, I've got to tell my spouse how I feel. I got to tell my boss that they're wrong. I really want, is that to alleviate your feelings of uncomfortableness, of pain, of like, or is it really from a place of like, this information will help this person? So many times. We have used conversations, I don't, conversations, they weren't conversations. Conversations is like a back and forth exchange. But we've used honest conversations as really our chance to just say our part, say our piece, say our, all our thoughts, all our emotions out at once. And so what happens in those moments is that you're not actually being honest. No, you think you are. You're not speaking your truth. You're trying to alleviate whatever you might be feeling or thinking by saying, you need to change. You were responsible for how I feel. So when we come at a place of clarity and clean thinking and feeling, Honesty is always
always available. And that when we can have a conversation with someone without saying like, this is, it's this way or the highway, that's the courageous conversation, right? Okay, so let me see. I'm gonna go through my outline. Uh, oh, space for true communication, right? Like that's what, when you're not trying to assign expectation or like assign how someone should behave in the conversation, that's when communication happens. That's when we're like, this person can respond back to us in any way, any way, because we are clear. No one else controls how we think and how we feel. Sure, we might be triggered, right? But we clean that up ourselves. We can't just have a thought about someone and it's our truth. There's nothing we can do about it. And we need to tell that person what they are doing is bad or what they are doing is wrong. We've decided that our way is right. And this takes, like, this is, this is very uh, nuanced because when we are responsible for how we feel, it gets really hard not to expect people to have the same skills and the same opinions. When we start doing coaching and then we, we work with other people or we have family members, we're like, sweet sassy, if you just do the work. We wouldn't be having this not courageous conversation. You wouldn't be telling me that you think it's a bad idea for me to homeschool or distance learn for my kids again this year. This isn't your truth. This isn't your own. Like, you don't need to tell me that. I'm, I'm good. I've got my own ideas and thoughts. And you're a, a person on the internet who needs to speak their truth. So I really want you to be clear about your intention going into courageous conversations. And that will drive real, true space for conversation. That'll drive a real expectation of honesty and, and of goodness and belief in the other person, right? How many times can we do that? We're going to clean up our brains, clean up our own minds, do our thought work so that we can have communication with people cleanly, clearly, because a lot of times when we say things, because we don't actually have an all thought all the way through them, we're going to take responsibility for saying things. We're going to take responsibility for not saying things, for miscommunicating. Oh, we're going to do it all, all the things. You know, I, I find it, you're going to have confidence to be like, this is, this is what I believe. This is my truth. It doesn't have to be your truth. I'm not going to push it on you. That's the difference. And I'm going to listen to what you have to say. That's the difference. So you're always going to make sure 
that what the other person is saying, what you're saying is exactly what is meant. There's no miscommunication, verifying, right? Clarifying some more, communicating clearly, checking with them, reviewing, summarizing, making sure what they repeat, following it up. So here's the deal. We're responsible for how we communicate. We're responsible for making sure that the other person understands us, understands what is, is involved in this courageous conversation. And we have our own backs in this process. And what's so fascinating about this is that we have to come to a place where we know ourselves so deeply, so strongly, so intimately. We're not afraid of our thoughts and our feelings that courageous conversations are just the only option. Sweet friends, you've got this. If you have any questions, find me on the Instagrams or Facebooks at Lives of Courage. Shoot me an email, hello at jessicastong.com. You can also find more information about my work at jessicastong.com or you can just jump in with the Courageous Life Society membership for women who are taking action, who are ready to have those courageous conversations to live the life of their dreams. They're ready to go. Sweet friends, thank you so much. Have a great and courageous week. You got this. Can't wait to hear about all the conversations we're going to have. See you guys. If I can exit. Hey, it's Jessica. I just wanted to quickly, um, before we go, I wanted to invite you um, to start coaching with me. I know that there is so much going on in this world, and all we want to do is take control of our lives to feel more joy and more peace. And really, what we know is that someone outside of the stories you're telling yourself, someone outside of the narrative and the thoughts in your brain, someone can help you walk through this time. I want to be that person. I would be so honored to help you. We get to create the habits to help us feel good and rewire your brain. And really, you don't have to live in chaos anymore. You don't have to feel overwhelmed. You have the key to your own joy. And I want to help you with the tools to unlock that joy. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm offering individual coaching practices right now with payment plans. You can try this out for one month. So book a free discovery session on my website, jessicastong.com. You can um, really just look into what I do. There is no obligation in these free discovery sessions. It's one hour of coaching consult to discuss what we can do together. We can do this. There is never going to be a better time than now. So do this and watch your life change. I'm so excited for you. Um, again, I can't wait to work with you. And um, if you have any questions, you also can email me at stong.jessica at gmail.com. Thanks so much. See you next week.